Welcome to the reading of the story of immortality from the Brahma Kumaris World Spiritual University in London. The story of immortality is the fascinating tale of a seeker whose spiritual journey is woven from the factual truth of who we are, where we're coming from, where we're headed, and what we need to do. Many new points about our spiritual journey will be revealed, so listen with an open mind until the end of the story and see yourself on this journey. It is recommended that you listen in silence and stillness so that your mind is clear and quiet. Today's reading includes the beginning of Chapter 6 and the teachings. Today, you will be able to answer the following eight questions. 1. What is karma? How does it work? 2. When you first came from the soul world, how were you? That is, regarding character, thoughts, vision, actions, and speech. 3. As your character became degraded, what happened internally? 4. How were your future births determined? 5. What is it you never lost? But what did you lose instead? 6. What is now in your hand? What can you now understand? 7. When the soul and body are together, what happens? 8. Can you become a renunciate of actions? Why not? Chapter 6 The Landscape of Karma As you're waiting for your sixth lesson to begin, you find yourself feeling that familiar double vision. You're now able to maintain your awareness of yourself as an eternal being of light for extended periods of time. Yet, at the same time, you frequently experience yourself as the weary traveler in the physical world, pulled to the other actors and to the physical habits 
to which you have become accustomed. When your teacher arrives, you are engrossed in this inner struggle. He senses what is going on and settles in beside you. It is time, he says, for us to talk about the philosophy of karma. His voice pulls you from your inner absorption. You draw your attention away from the internal scenes and place it entirely on him. You're relieved he has come and interrupted your disturbing thoughts. Since your very first birth many centuries ago, he begins, you have been moving on the field of action. Karma is action, and it is a reflection in the outer world of the quality of awareness you have within. When you first came from the soul world, you had a character of gold. Your thoughts were loving, happy and peaceful, and your vision for others was always generous. The actions that you took were always elevated. You never spoke or acted in a way that was ordinary. You never raised your voice or your hand against another. Your fortune at that time was the fruit of your spiritual efforts made at this time in the Confluence Age. Your continuous good actions, in turn, brought to you continuous good fortune because that is the way karma works. One of the most essential laws of the universe is the law of karma. For every action, there is a reaction that is in the same proportion and of the same character as the original action. So for a long time, your charitable vision and benevolent actions brought you the blessings of good omens. However, as the quality of the world began to weaken and your own character degraded, your innermost thoughts became less charitable. You found yourself seeing the weaknesses and faults in others. You were disappointed and offended by those around you. Your vision for them became ever more critical and you began to act in the world from that degraded vision. 
It is as if the innate goodness and purity of your original self was invaded by the outer material world. And you found yourself pulled into a battle between spirit and matter, between that which is eternal and innate to you and that which is temporary and acquired. He pauses to give you time to take in what he's saying. It is true that it is a battle of sorts. You have felt it from the very beginning when you first wandered into this spiritual classroom. Even as your heart rose up to meet him and to embrace what he was teaching, another part of you has been turning attention back to the seemingly irresistible world of matter, with its sounds and smells and dazzling scenes, up one moment, down the next, light one moment, heavy the next. You focus your gaze on him again, and he continues. In the early years of this battle, you retained your awareness of yourself as an eternal spirit and your elevated nature won out over the invaded distractions of the material world. As time progressed, however, you occasionally acted from this lower nature and when you did, because of the law of karma, you experience the return of those actions. It was as if your former radiant fortune began to dim. As your journey continued, the invasions of the outer material world became more persistent and your inner spiritual consciousness became less stable. Increasingly, you looked through eyes that saw the limitation of the material world. You saw that there was not enough for everyone, that some had designs on those things and people who, in quotation marks, belonged to you and you wondered if others might not have better fortune. Eventually, in a moment that went by unnoticed, you were defeated by these baser forces of Maya and Ravan, and you surrendered everything. Ultimately, even your own identity of who you really are. You took on the identity of the conquering force of matter. You believed you were the temporary physical form in which you were living 
and lost access to your spiritual treasures and spiritual powers. Your future script was being written by the karmic accounts you were accumulating. For centuries you stumbled along acting out of your lower nature as if in a deep sleep. Each action creating a reaction which bound you further to the material world and limited your freedom. You never lost your innate values and qualities, but you lost your belief that they belonged to you. You lost your access to them. In defeat, your connection to your spiritual nature was severed, and you were bound instead to your senses and to the world of matter. That, he says gently, is where you were when he found you. Did he find you, you wonder? Or did you, in your deep discontent, find him? These dark forces that he describes seem to have won the day. There is so little evidence out there of anything other than Ravan and Maya that you wonder what possible hope the world might have. How can this subtle spiritual force conquer the tangible horrors of Ravan? The pandemics, the generational conflicts, the lust and greed that have consumed the world seem to be entrenched everywhere. Guessing your thoughts, he intervenes again to say that the pen for your line of fortune and the fortune of the world is now in your hand. Teachings At this benevolent time of the Confluence Age, there is a chance for all human beings to understand action, interaction, and the consequences. Each soul is in its own body. The soul is the charioteer who drives the chariot, the body. When the soul and body are together, there is the experience of happiness or sorrow. This experience takes place on the field of action, this physical world. Every soul has a part to play, and all souls have to receive the fruit of what they do. You cannot receive anything without doing something. You receive the good or bad fruit of whatever you do here in the body. Souls play their roles 
and express themselves through the physical sense organs of the body. No one can stay for even a second without performing actions. No one can become a renunciate of actions. The soul is not immune to the effect of action. The law of karma is absolute and universal. Do listen next week for the continuation of the seeker's journey. Om Shanti, which means I am a peaceful soul, and so I acknowledge all listeners too as peaceful souls. Om Shanti.